How many of you are excited about Heaven's Gates next weekend? Come on, you got to get a little bit more excited than that. Next weekend, it's going to happen. You, know, you want to know why it's going to happen? Because of you. You have been inviting people. I've heard stories of people already inviting people, getting people to come. This place will be filled next week five times over. You want to know how? Because of you. Because of you. There's going to be lost people in our community that become saved people after next Sunday and Monday in Jesus' name. Why? Because of you. Come on, God is using you. So it's good. It's good. If you would, turn your Bibles today to John chapter 4. You guys don't have to pull that up just yet. And we're, we're ending our series entitled Neighbor Hater. And just to give you a backstory on John chapter 4, Jesus is going to this specific town because he felt needed. He, he felt like he needed to go to this town. And he was fixing to find this person sitting at a well. And this person was an outcast. This person was a misfit. This person was someone that everybody else had kind of rejected and, and kind of pushed aside. And we'll see that in the scriptures today. And that's kind of where we find ourselves in John chapter 4. Verses 3 through 4. Listen to what the Bible says. Jesus is going around and he's ministering to all these towns. He's an evangelist. He's preaching. He's seeing the lost saved. I mean, people are just getting healed and miracles are happening and things are coming to fruition in his ministry. We find ourselves here and the Bible says in verse 3, He left Judea and departed again to Galilee. But he needed to go through Samaria. Let me read that again. He left Judea and departed again to Galilee. Listen, verse 4. This is the key text of the whole day. But he needed to go through Samaria. Lord, we come before you knowing, Jesus, that without you we're nothing. I can't stand up here and do this without your anointing, without your presence, without your spirit leading me and guiding me. But God, I know even in my life at times, I need challenged. I need changed. I think everybody in this room feels that way. And today, Jesus, we want you to change us and challenge us through your word. Let your word come to life in us. Let it bring forth fruit, Jesus, that will blow our minds. Let us live like you. Let us perform like you. Let us demonstrate our lives in the way that you demonstrated your life. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. I love it. Let's go back to verse 4. But he needed to go through Samaria. I don't know if you know this about this story, I don't know if you know a biblical map, but if you look at the map and where Jesus actually was in Judea, traveling down to Galilee, he would have had to have went out of his way to get to Samaria. He would have had to have sidetracked his mission. But the Bible says that he needed to go to Samaria. The King James, I believe I'm right, and some of you probably have a King James Bible with you. I think the King James words it like this. He must needs go. He must needs go. Now that's some Hickman County stuff right there. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he must, hey, I must needs go down there. You know what I mean? 
He must needs go. There was a purpose. There was a purpose to go out of his way, to sidetrack his mission, to be a little late to the next church service. There was a, there was a purpose behind it. He must needs go to Samaria. I was on a 10 and a half hour flight this week. Crazy. Never go on a 10 and a half hour flame, uh, plane flight. Still got jet lag. As of yesterday when I went to bed, I hadn't slept in 30 hours. It was crazy. But, but I, I remember as I am going across John chapter 4 in the air, just leaving where I was, I was in the air. This hit me and I read verse 4 and he said he needed to go through Samaria, Samaria. And on that plane, I began to go, oh my gosh, God, you need to go through Dixon. You need to go through Dixon. You need to go through Fairview. You need to go through Burns. You need to go through all of these little cities that we have around a God. You need to go through Lyles. You need to go through our county. You need to go. Would you just open up the door for us to be the hands and the feet to go where you want us to go? The question is this. We can all shout and that sounds good. Go through there, but you are the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. We are the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. So the question is not, will Jesus go through Dixon? The question is, are we willing to go out of our way? Are we willing to get out of our comfort zone to reach people that are far from Jesus Christ? Did you hear the claps that time? Wasn't as loud as, hey, Jesus gonna do it, hallelujah, right? But now the responsibility is on our, in our hands. It lies in our laps. The response, you have a responsibility as a Christian. And Jesus here at the well with this woman in Samaria, he is literally laying a foundation of what can happen if we'll reach out to people who are hurting. Why do we do heaven's gates? Because there are people that are hurting. And there's going to be some of you that you haven't went out of your way yet to invite people. But this week, I'm challenging you to go out of your way to reach a hurting person for Jesus Christ. Let's walk through it today. John chapter 4, verses 5 through 8. Y'all know how I like to do it. I just like to kind of walk through the scriptures together. So we came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sikar. Say Sikar with me. Remember that. Some people may pronounce it different. You don't know the difference. It's a car, okay? It's a car. Near the plot of ground that Jacob gave his son, Joseph. Very interesting. Verse 6 tells us why it's interesting. Now, Jacob's well was there. Jesus meets this person by a well, a well that never runs dry. A well that is always promising. A well that day in and day out, you can come back and you can get water. But Jesus sees a problem with that well. You have to keep coming back and keep coming back and keep coming back. But I want you to realize that they're at Jacob's well. That's a very interesting part of the, uh, of the story. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, set thus by the well, and it was about the sixth hour. We'll expound on that in a minute. And a woman of Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. So let's break this down just for a minute. The first thing I want to point out is Sakar. How many of you know where Sakar is? Okay. One person, maybe. And they were like, oh yeah, I smoked a Sakar. Yeah. 
I know what you're talking about, preacher. I got it. You're talking about a Cuban cigar? Is that what you're talking about? Totally different thing, okay? Sakar in that day was known as a town of drunks. Known as a town of drunks. So Jesus goes out of his way to the town of drunks. You want to know why it was called Sakar? Because Sakar in that day, in that area, was a strong drink. Let me take it to another level for our Tennesseans. It was Jack Daniels. Are y'all with me? Some of you are like, I don't know what Jack Daniels is. Yes, you do. It's the fifth in your cabinet. You know exactly what Jack Daniels is. Don't be playing with the preacher and acting all holy in church. Okay? I'm trying to tell the truth. Come on, baby. But the name, the, the city was named after the drink because the drink became so popular. And because the drink came so popular, the town became what the drink was. It was a city of drunks. It's almost like Lynchburg, right? Where's Lynchburg at? Is it Tennessee? What, where, what comes out of Lynchburg? Jack Daniels. See, I told you, y'all knew all about Jack Daniels. Y'all telling me you don't even know what I'm talking about. You, you know the whole detail, right? So it's almost like Lynchburg changes their name to Jack Danielsville. That's where we're dealing with right here. This lady that Jesus is dealing with could not help where she lived. It's like living, for, living at Bucksnort. Where you live at, Bucksnort? Girl, you, something wrong with you. If, you. if you're from Bucksnort, we'll have a prayer service at the end. But, uh, I'm just kidding. Great, great city, I guess. I've never been to Bucksnort, but I pass it on the way to Jackson sometimes. So the second thing I want to point out is the sixth hour. That's noon. No woman is coming to the well at noon. They're coming in the morning time. They're coming in the third hour or right at the beginning of the day to get everything prepared to take back to their family so that their family will not thirst during the day so they were well prepared. So this lady is sitting back in the, in the shadows waiting for everybody else to leave so that she can come out. It tells me that she was probably shamed. She probably dealt with a lot of shame in her life. She probably hated or, or had a lot of haters in her life. Because the Bible goes on to say that this lady had five husbands, which now she is not married to, or, or she's no longer married to, and now she's with a sixth guy, and she's not married to him. So a lot of us, will begin to put labels on people like this right here, because immediately when we say that, it's, boy, she's something. She gets around. A lot of us, if, if you're a pastor in the room, or if you're a church person in the room, a lot of us would label this person as a harlot as an adulteress but according to the day that she lived in there's no way I personally don't believe that there's a way that she could have been an adulteress well she had five husbands what are you talking about listen someone who cheated on their husband and was caught in an adulterous affair could have been drugged to the middle of the street and stoned do you remember John chapter 8 you remember the adulterous woman and they pull her out and they, they set her down in front of Jesus and say, here's what she did. We're going to stone her. They weren't going to beat her up to a pulp and let her go back home. They were going to kill that lady. This lady may have been barren, fallen on hard times. Maybe she wasn't the prettiest thing in the crowd. 
Okay? Maybe her husband just wasn't happy, and the first husband wasn't, and the second wasn't, and the third wasn't, and the fourth wasn't, and the fifth wasn't, and now she's scared to get married to the sixth, and who's no, who knows, but she just meets her real husband at the well. She's introduced to someone that's new. But she has all of these people that are hating on her, and because of that hate, it caused seclusion, and it caused isolation. And she's backing up. Let's go on in our story. John chapter uh, 4 verse 9. Let's go here. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? Now, we can read over scripture like this, and we talked about it in week one of the Neighbor Hater series, but this, this lady was a Jew-Assyrian mix. She was a mixed breed. She was outcast. Honestly, being the Jew that Jesus was, he was not even supposed to speak to this lady. Listen to what she goes on to say. For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jews were too good for the mixed breeds. But here's what I'll tell you. Jesus was willing to cross barriers to reach the one. Jesus was willing to cross barriers to meet one person. Why? Because he knew the impact of one person. He knew the impact. Well, we have to understand. See, when, when I get up and I start saying, hey, you're going to get groups of five on the way out, and I want you to invite people, you can almost get nervous like, man, I'm supposed to invite my whole city. No. You just got to invite the one. Some of you, it may be two, three, four, five. Some of you, it may be 20 or 30. I don't know. But I'm asking everybody, would you just invite the one? Are we willing to invite the one? See, Jesus was willing to cross barriers, even racial barriers. Come on, nobody wants to talk about that in church today, right? He was willing to cross racial barriers. He was willing to be hated on because of the person that nobody else liked. And he was talking to her. See, here's what I'll tell you. I'll hang out with a sinner if I have to. If it means them coming to Christ, I'll fellowship with I'll, I'll hang out with them for a second. I'll talk to them. I'll have a conversation with them. Why? Because they need that. And I promise you, there's going to be people, religious people or other people that will look at you and go, Oh yeah, ain't no telling what Jamie's done fell back into. I seen him talking to that guy over there. I know that guy's life. And if he's like that, Jamie's like that. Y'all better watch that preacher down there in compassion. It's the power of one. Listen, the one person that you invite to church next week could be the next greatest evangelist of all time. You never know. John chapter 4 verse 10 and 11. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God, if you knew, if you knew who it was who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Interesting. See, Jesus knew how to get people over to where he needed them to be because he would throw little nuggets out at them. He didn't just get the Bible and say, hey, do you know according to Deuteronomy chapter 28, if you are not obedient, then this is what curse is going to come over your life. He didn't say that. He just said, hey, if you knew who was going to give you some water, you would have asked him to give you some water and he would have given you living water. He just made a statement. And listen to what happens here. And then the woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? 
That's, that's Hickman County. Where then do you get that there living water? I'm just kidding with all my Hickman County people. I got people leaving right now. They're like, I'm from Hickman and you offended me. God bless you. Where do you get that there living water? Where's this living water going to come from? See, when you throw out little nuggets to people, it gets them interested in what you're talking about. That's the model of Jesus Christ because here's why. Everybody has a thirst on the inside. Everybody. Every one of us right now, you have a thirst for something on the inside of you. People are more interested in Jesus than you know, than you think. Are you understanding me? People are more interested in Jesus than you think. They just don't know that it's Jesus that they're interested in. You say, well, you're going to have to break that down for me. Okay, let me do that. There are people who lack hope. They're looking for hope. They lack peace. They're looking for peace. They have voids in their life that they can't fill. And here we are standing in the midst of the well of living water. We have the drink. There's people that you know that are thirsting, they are hungering, they are longing, they are wanting, they are chasing drugs, they're chasing women, they're chasing alcohol, they're lying, they're cheating, they're doing all these things. Why? Because they're trying to fill a void that only Jesus Christ can fill. Only! You ever heard of J.C. Penney? Anybody know the guy J.C. Penney? Two of you, okay. J.C. Penney had it all, became a multimillionaire, lost it all. During the process, he lost his wife, went bankrupt, uh, back on top, all this other kind of stuff. He made this statement. He said, I've had it all, and I've lost it all. But through it all, I found only Christ can satisfy. He gave his life to Christ. You've got people in your life that have it all, they're rich. But just because you're rich don't mean you're happy. They have it all. You've got some people that, that are broke, busted, and disgusted. But just because you're broke don't mean you can't be happy. Right? And what you're going to do through this process of what we've created here at this church for next week is you're going to invite those people to the only one that can satisfy them, and that's Jesus Christ. Harrison Ford, just to kind of break it down to other people that you may know, Harrison Ford said it like this, every man wants what they don't have in an interview one time. That's what he said. Every man wants what they don't have. The guy interviewing him comes back and says, well, Harrison, look, you, you, have, you have made a lot of movies and your movies have grossed over a billion dollars in the box office. What do you not have? And here was Harrison Ford's response. Peace. Harrison Ford, multi-multi-millionaire. What does he not have? Peace. Let me introduce you to the Prince of Peace. His name is Jesus Christ. Are y'all with me today? Just in the news here recently, Ben Affleck, I'm just kind of getting relevant with you. Ben Affleck falls off the deep end, drinking, binge drinking, all this other kinds of stuff. He goes through a divorce with Jennifer Gardner. Jennifer Gardner goes off and she finds Jesus. Jennifer Gardner, she finds Jesus. Ben is out there, I'm talking in first name like I know him. Ben's out there. He's out there and, and the, the paparazzi's outside of his house. Everything is falling apart. Ben just gets out of jail. He had to go to jail for a DUI and a DWI, all this other kinds of stuff. And guess who pulls up to her ex-husband's house? Jennifer Garner. You can find this video on YouTube. 
Guess what Jennifer Gardner has in her hand walking into Ben Affleck's house? A Bible. Why? Because Jennifer found what fills the void. Ben is trying to fill the void with something that will never fill it. And Jennifer's going, come here boy. I know you're my ex-husband. I know you've cheated on me multiple times. I know that we went through a bad divorce. I understand all that. Now look, Jennifer could have stood over here and said, let him eat it. That's fine. That's cool. That's what he gets. That's what he deserves. That is being a neighbor hater. Being someone who loves their neighbor, no matter what they've put them through, says, let me show you the way. Let me show you what's going to fill the void in your life. Let me tell you, I don't care who the people are and, and how rich they are, how poor they are. People are thirsty. Without God, man cannot. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Through Christ. Without God, man cannot. But without man, God will not. Think about it. I didn't say God cannot, because God can't. But without man, God will not. When we choose not to witness to our neighbor and we become a neighbor hater, this is what we do to Jesus. Jesus is going, dude, you just tied my hands. I want to, but without you, I can't. You are my hands, you are my feet. You say, you're going to have to prove that. I believe it's in 2 Corinthians chapter 7. It says that we are co-laborers with Jesus Christ. In other words, we're working hand in hand together as brothers and sisters, together on the ground, listening to our, our God speak down to us and we become co-laborers with Christ. Listen, if we don't share the gospel, who will? I believe the reason that people don't share the gospel because they think the next person is already sharing it. Well, so-and-so in the office is a Christian. I bet you they've already got her, so I'm not even going to share with her. Okay, I'm going to go over here. You don't know that. Who's going to share the gospel with the people in your house? Who's going to share the gospel with the people in your house? No one if you don't, because you're the only Christian there. No one. When we don't share the gospel, we become neighbor haters. When we see people who are thirsty, and we don't give them the drink, that is quenching our thirst, guess what happens? We become neighbor haters. I had this um, organization call me and they said, Jamie, this, this story has a point to it. Because I'm going to talk about the thirst that we have naturally. They said, Jamie, we've got an opportunity for you. We know what's going on in Dixon and the church is just booming and, and, and we want you to come and we, we're going to have 50 to 100 pastors here and we want you to teach them some of the principles that you guys are doing. We want you to share your testimony of your church and all that. And the thing is, you're going to have to leave out 5 a.m. on, on uh, Monday morning. You won't get out, get back till 5, 6 p.m. on Saturday night. So it's a whole week thing and, and all that. And I just said, man, I... I don't know. And it's all expense paid. They said, you don't have to pay your plane ticket. You don't have to pay your hotel. You don't have to pay your food. You're going to get a per diem, all this other kind of stuff. You will spend nothing on this trip. Your church will spend nothing on this trip. And I said, okay, well, let me pray about it. Let me talk to my wife and go over it because I, I don't like being away from home. And he said, well, okay, that's cool. I just want to tell you where the conference is going to be. And I said, cool, where is it? And he said, well, it's at Waikiki Beach in Hawaii. I said, I think I just felt the Lord. I, I, I think 
I think I felt the Lord. Um, you know what? I did. I did feel the Lord. Uh, I, I'll go ahead and commit to that. What's the dates? That that'll be cool, right? So, these people were very intense. Very intense, which I love intense people. If you don't know me, I really love intense people. In your face, let's get the job done. Quit sitting down, let's do something. 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. meetings. 14 hours. With a five-hour delay from where you just came from. So it's not that I got a lot of pleasure out of it. But there was a day that we were able to break off and do some things. And Hawaii is beautiful absolutely gorgeous if you can go go if you can't just pull up pictures on the internet and just enjoy yourself right that's what my wife had to do and I'm so sorry <sighs> I tried I tried baby. the waters were beautiful listen the waters were just crystal clear just lush blue beautiful pastor Josh Hannah was with me he's the one that got me this opportunity he was with us and he and myself, we rented this Jeep or this, this organization rented a Jeep for us and, and we go in the afternoon and we're going around these beaches and we come across to this cliff thing. I mean, this, they got mountains all over the place. Come across to this cliff thing and it's about 60 feet high in preacher terms, which means it's probably in between 20 and 30 foot high, okay? So it's probably 20, 25, 30 foot high, something like that. And a few people are jumping off this thing into the water, into the ocean. So I'm like, heck yeah, we're going to go and jump off this thing, right? So we pull in, we take off our clothes, put on some swimming trunks. We get out on the beach and Pastor Josh takes it upon himself to get up on the cliff first. So he's on the cliff first and people would jump off and then he would get up there and I was just down in the water and he would get up there and he'd go, ooh. And then, I kid you not, this four-year-old kid with his mom and dad letting him climb up the mountain by himself, sitting down in the water going, Jump, buddy! Jump, little buddy! Jump, buddy! So he asked Pastor Josh to get out of the way. I kid you not. So he asked Pastor, Pastor Josh, like, and everybody on the ground is laughing at Pastor Josh at this point. There's about 40 or 50 of us around. And everybody's laughing, and Pastor Josh is sweating, and he's up there. And they're going, come on, buddy, one. That little kid just jumps off. So Pastor Josh is trying to get up the nerve, and then finally, I can't even sit on the ground. No man can sit on the ground at this point. We were just showed up by a four-year-old little boy. So I walk up there, and then Pastor Josh is still a little scared, so I jump off. And it was fun. It was fun. So I'm down there, hey, man, jump, brother, jump. So he finally jumps. And when he jumps, he hits the water. <laughs> he comes up out of that water, and he's coughing and spitting and choking. And I mean, I, he swallowed water, and I believe the way he fell and hit the water, there was some water injected into him some way. I mean, he got water from both ends. I mean, it was just boom. And he starts coughing. Here's the funny thing. I say that whole story to say this. And I'm, I'm almost done. It's about three minutes later. We come back and we're going over here and there's like these caves, man, that you can go in these caves and there's water all in the caves and it's just right there on the beach. And we're just kind of walking through some of this stuff and he's going, Jamie, I... Man, I have to have something to drink, man. I have to have something to drink. What happened is he had swallowed a lot of that salt water. 
And then we learned a lesson on the beach that day. Look how pretty all this water is. Can't even drink it. I can't drink it. It will not fulfill me. And if I do drink it, it will only cause me to get more thirsty. And when he was saying that, I'm going, I know what I'm preaching on. I know what I'm preaching on. Because those oceans, that water is a sea of world. The world will offer you some stuff, and let me tell you, it'll cram it down your throat. I mean, I'm talking about it will just, you'll swallow it, you'll do everything you can. And it's not satisfying. It's not satisfying. I learned something on Waikiki Beach in Hawaii this week. Don't be jealous. I learned that the world will only make you more thirsty. And the only person that can fulfill the thirst is Jesus Christ. John chapter 4 verse 15. I'm ending with this, with this text. John chapter 4 verse 15. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. It was so drawing that she looks at him and says, Give me this water. Jesus had to go to her and tell her all about it. And then when, when Jesus is done, here's what she says. Give me this water. You don't want to know? You want to know what's going to happen next week? If you get thirsty people here, there's going to be hundreds of people in this altar that's looking at us saying, Give me this water. Give me this water. According to the names that we've had written on this card for the last three weeks, we all know thirsty people. Every one of us. If you're in this room and you know thirsty people, raise your hand. Raise your hand. If you know thirsty people, raise your hand. Actually, if you know thirsty people, stand to your feet. If you know thirsty people, just stand up right now. If you know thirsty people that need Christ, I want you to stand up. Stand up, stand up, stand up. We're going to do something totally different today. Totally different. Our prayer partners are going to come up. We don't have communion setting out. We honor Christ. We do that every week. We honor Christ. We don't have communion set out today. Our prayer team is coming up. If you need special prayer for anything, these guys are up here. They will hold your hand and pray. But we're going to do something outside of this. They're available if you need to come. But if you have filled this card up, if you have filled one out prior to today, or if you're here today and you wrote more names down, step out of your seat. Come right down here. Meet me right in the front. Come on. Step out of your seat. Just stand right around here. Face me. Stand around. Y'all gather around. Start in the center and, and just kind of spread out. Come on. Come right around here. Right here. If, you got, if you got the card, just lay it down on the stage. If you got a card. Come on. If you fill one of these cards out, I want you to get up here right now. If you fill one of these cards out. Come on. Anybody else? If you have written a name down on one of these cards the last three weeks, I want you to come down here and I want you to look at me. Now here's my challenge, and I'm not getting on to all you that's standing. But why haven't you put a name on a card? God's got a name on your heart that you need to start praying for. You know who you need to pray for. And if 
you don't know who you need to pray for, there's people's names that have been written down. Over a thousand people, which may represent, that's, that's families also. It may represent three, four, five thousand people in our community that people, they, they've written those names down on these sheets to see something happen in their life. So if you've got a name on your heart today, maybe you didn't fill one of these out, but you've got a name on your heart, and you're not just going to pray about it, but you're going to invite them to church this week. If you're inviting anybody to church, now would you step out and you get around here in this crowd around the altar. If you're going to be inviting anybody to church this week, go ahead, step out. We're going to take our time today. Step out. I don't think you guys understand what's going to happen this weekend. What's going to happen Sunday and Monday of this coming week? I don't, I don't know if you know the magnitude of what could happen. We are going to bankrupt hell. We are here to bankrupt hell. We're going to give them, we're going to bring them to the living water, to the well. What I want to do today is I want to pray over you. I want to pray over these cards. In these cards, I've heard, uh, I've literally just listened, or, or not listened, but I, I, I read how people literally was just writing down. One person said, my ex-husband. I preached about that today. They literally was praying for their ex-husband, and they're going to pray and invite their ex-husband. Some of you need to do the same thing. Maybe God will restore relationships. Who knows? Just friendships. Maybe God will restore some friendships in your life. I don't know, but all I do know is this, is if we will come together in unity, there's no telling what is going to happen next weekend. I need you. Jesus Christ needs you. Look at me, every one of you. Jesus needs you. Jesus needs you, sir. He needs you. Louie needs you. Sir, can Jesus count on you this week? Sir, right back here, can Jesus count on you this week? You have a responsibility. Right back here. Young man, Jesus needs you. He needs you in that school this week. You hear me? Jesus needs you in that school system. Young girl, you've got friends that need Jesus. Don't you think that you're too young for God to use you? Jesus needs you in your school this week. All of you that are sitting here, Jesus needs you. We are the hands and the feet of Jesus Christ. What we're going to do today is we're going to corporately pray together over the thousands of representation that we got on these cards over the last three weeks. We're not just writing names down to write names down, people. We're writing names down to pray, to seek God's face, to invite them, to do everything that we can so that we can say we bankrupted hell in Dixon County. We can. Would you pray with me today? Come on, let's pray with, with power. You know, the Bible says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, that we've received power when the Holy Spirit has come upon us. You want to know what that power was for? Read the B part of that verse. To be witnesses. We have the power to be witnesses. So Father, today, lift your hands if you want, whatever, however you pray. Right now is the time that you can pray however you pray. Right now, Father, we lift up hands. 
We lift up our voices. We pray for our community. You see all of the needs in our community. You see all of the hurting people in our community. You see the marriages that are falling apart. You see the addictions that's running rampant. You see the opioid uh, uh, epidemic. You see all of these things in our community. But God, you are lifted up. You are lifted up higher than any of those things. There's no name or no thing that is higher than Jesus Christ. Father, we lift you up. We believe that you're going to do it. And God, we're just not going to pray until we're blue in the face. We're going to wear out our tennis shoes this week. We're going to wear it. We're going to put callus on our hands by shaking people's hands and telling them about you. We're going to have sore throats when we come back next week because we're going to witness for you this week like we've never witnessed for you before. So God, all of these people that are going to be inviting people, I pray for boldness. The enemy will try to shut you down, but you need to shut him up. Don't you allow him to shut you down this week. You be bold. You stand true to the gospel. You stand true to what God has commissioned you to do. You reach those people in your life that are lost. God, we pray that the Spirit of the Lord goes with these people as they leave this building today. That this building next week will be filled up five times over for the glory of your kingdom. We know it. We believe it. We confess it. We shout it to the rooftops. We know that you're in control. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I speak liberty in this place. I speak the Spirit of the living God in this place, God. Come down. Fire of God fall in Jesus' name. And everybody shouted, Amen. Woo! Come on. more thing, every head bowed, every eye closed. We can shout all day. There may be some people in this room that you say, preacher, I love what you're saying. I felt what you were saying. There was something come over me. I felt tingles. I, I felt ways that I've never felt before. And you're far from God. I want to invite you to the well that if you'll drink it, You'll never be thirsty again. You know who you are. There's people in this room. There's people watching my video today. You need Christ in your life. You need Christ before you leave this room so that you can share what you got today with other people. Would you just raise your hand if that's you? Nobody's looking around. Yes, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Anybody else? Yes, thank you. See hands just going up. Thank you. Right back here. Anybody else? Yes, here. Thank you. Right back here. Yes, thank you right there. Just raise your hand. Nobody's looking around. Just wave your hand at me just real quick so I can see who to pray for. Right back here, sir. I see you. Anybody else? Here's what I want to do. I want to pray for you. Simple prayer. Let's get it right today so that we can make the biggest impact in our community tomorrow. Say, Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I confess my sins to you today. Become the Lord of my life right now. I believe that you died on a cross and rose on the third day for me. Thank you for saving my soul and for becoming my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on.